Let's begin by all joining together and praying. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, for you are our rock. You are our risen Redeemer. Amen. You're going to have to take yourself back, uh, not the recent couple movies, but way back to when Marvel seemed to be at its peak. It was 21 movies, 11 years, and all of it building up to this new mega blockbuster movie that absolutely everybody was sure this was going to be the most watched movie of all time. Do you kind of remember what the buildup was like for that thing? The craze around all of that movie? I mean, it was nuts. People were so excited about this movie that when the name came out, just the name people freaked out, and then the couple minutes of trailers for the movie, hundreds of millions of people watched them. People watched them over and over and over again. And then there was the media cycle, where all of, all of the actors and actresses who were in the movie, it seemed like at least for three months, every talk show they could be on, every single opportunity to promote this thing, they were going out there, they were doing this. There was so much buildup for this movie. It was going to be a big deal. And I think people who were excited for this movie had one or two approaches to how they were going to do this kind of thing. One thing maybe you did is you watched all the interviews because there's this guy named Tom Holland who plays Spider-Man. And if you know anything about Marvel, Tom Holland is awful at spoiling movies. Almost any interview, he gives away little hints and details of what's actually going to happen. So maybe you were one of those people that watched every interview, that looked online for every single clue that you could get, that got excited for the name, because maybe, just maybe, you would know what was going to happen before everybody else would know what was going to happen. Or, or maybe you were one of these other people that you actually stopped going on the internet and you didn't talk to any of your friends, and you made sure to isolate yourself until that moment where you could finally go and watch and experience this movie for yourself in the movie theater. It was crazy. Just for a movie, a Marvel movie, Avengers Endgame is the one, people actually changed their behavior. People actually changed their lives because they were so excited about this future, about knowing what was going to happen. Knowing the future, knowing what is going to happen, can do that for people. It can change life. It can change life in a pretty big way. I think as we hop into this story with these women, both of whom are named Mary, they would have given absolutely anything just to know what was going to happen in their future. Because where we pick things up with them, all they think is the past has changed things. I mean, they had been with Jesus for years before this. They had listened as Jesus came and told people that he really was the one that they'd been waiting for. They heard Jesus preaching. They watched as Jesus did miracles that could not be explained, feeding thousands of people with a tiny amount of food, people having their eyesight come back to them. 
walking for the first time ever, dead people being raised back to life. That was the Jesus that these women knew. That was the Jesus that these women were with. I mean, if anything, you could say that Jesus was their future. But then the last couple days happened, and they saw something else. They watched as Jesus was arrested, condemned, and killed. On the way to the cross, we read this the other night, what they saw with their eyes then made them wail and weep. Not only did they think that their future was going to be over, but now the only thing in their future that mattered was just after this festival time, going to the grave, going to Jesus' body, making it a little bit better, a little bit more prepared because his dead body was going to stay there forever now. They had shaped their lives around Jesus. So what future could they have possibly thought was coming for them anymore? Only that they at least had this one little last thing to do with Jesus and then get back to the room where all the other disciples were hiding because there was no more future for them. Fear was probably all that was left. Fear over an unknown future, I think, can be a pretty powerful behavior changer. Fear over not knowing can actually change how you live your life. I mean, you got a big test coming up. What do you do? You study and you study and you study, and then you find out that, oh, it's going to be worse. It's going to be bad. It's going to be hard. And you study a little bit more. I think fear over what might happen is a good reason why we do what we do with our money, right? Because you don't know when the next hurricane is coming. Car accidents happen all the time. The market right now, ooh, I don't know what's going to happen there. So fear motivates you to set money aside and think about the future that might happen. I mean, fear over what might happen, that can actually even get you back into the gym to do the workouts that you know that you should be doing. Because when your doctor walks back into the room, not with a smile, but with a cold face and says, hey, if, if you don't change what you're doing, this might not end well. And that fear then actually gets you up early in the morning, gets you going to work, because if you don't, you're afraid of what might happen. And I think it's fear over what might happen that can kind of slip into our religious lives, our lives of faith, our way of relating to God, too, can't it? I mean, what if I don't do what God wants me to do? Am I going to get sick? Is he going to punish me? When is the punishment coming? Because I messed up bad, and I know I messed up bad, and I know what I did was wrong, so I know he's going to crush me, right? What happens when you come face to face with death for yourself? I mean, what's the end going to be like for me who's lived a life that I have lived and done what I've done? It can change how you live life. And you see what fear is doing, right? Instead of keeping your eyes on him and what he has done for you, all you do is turn and you make it all about you and what you do 
or what you've done wrong. And really, if that's the way that you see your future is through you and what you've done, then you can probably expect not a great future coming ahead. It's going to put you into this bad cycle over fear because you and I both know that future, that's something that you can't control. So that's why where you and I finally start to understand that we can't control what's coming, God has to step in. And that's what God did for these women. After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary, Magdalene, and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. Completely unexpected. There was a violent earthquake. For an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning. His clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. Any ideas about what their future would have been like on that Sunday morning were completely pushed out of their heads as they saw hardened, tough Roman soldiers who were standing guard shaking, shaking in fear because what they saw was an angel blinding them and making them afraid. Well, there was nothing that could have prepared them for this future on that Sunday morning. And you kind of think that they were probably shaking in fear too because the angel first said to the women, hold on, do not be afraid. For I know that you're looking for Jesus who was crucified, but he's not here. He has risen just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples. He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I've told you. You see, God sent the angel to start to open up some of their eyes to their own future. They wouldn't see Jesus in the place where dead people were. No, he was alive. They would go and now their future was seeing a tomb that was empty. They would get to see Jesus eventually back up north with all the other disciples. God let them see just for a tiny moment something that God has all the time, a way that God sees things, a future, an understanding of time that isn't bound like you and me, like people. I think our culture has a pretty decent uh, obsession with time and time travel. These are just four movies that Michelle picked for us, but honestly, you Google movies about time travel and you will find hundreds and hundreds. And you notice what's kind of interesting? doesn't matter if it's a superhero action movie. doesn't matter if it's a classic awesome movie from not that long ago. doesn't matter if it's a movie about space. doesn't matter if it's a rom-com. All of these different genres and all of them are about time travel. Because I think we kind of get obsessed with thinking through what the future might be. Having the ability to control what happens throughout time is something that just fascinates us and captures us. I mean, these movies, we basically dream about what life might be like if we would actually know what's going to happen. Well, there was one detail that the angel forgot to tell the Marys about what was going to happen in their future. I think it might be the best detail for them. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid, yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. And suddenly, 
Jesus. Suddenly, Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Not only would Jesus change their life in the future, but knowing that Jesus was going to be in there in the future changed their right now, too. And that's why we're here. Because this is what Jesus does for you and me. Jesus gives you a new future. Yeah, it was his suffering on the cross that paid for the sins of all people of all time. And yeah, they're there. But because he's alive, you have a new and a certain future in him. His future for you means that you don't have to let fear motivate you for life. His new future is going to shape your behavior and change your life more than anything else can. Because he lives, your future is set. You're forgiven. Now, tomorrow, and forever. You get to live in that forgiveness now and not in guilt and shame and fear over what might come. You have something so much better to look forward to from today and every day on after this. A life without guilt or shame or fear, but a life knowing you're forgiven in him. And then one day, a life of perfect life with him in heaven. You walk away from this today with a new future, a better future in Jesus. Now, I've said this before here, that we kind of get excited about doing this, right? doesn't matter if it's on your phone, if it's on a calendar on the wall, but to have something to look forward to, to have something to get excited about, it's really awesome, right? That dad's coming home. That graduation is coming up really soon. The wedding, the baptism, the birth. These awesome things, we put them on our calendar, we circle the days, and then we get excited. We get pumped. Day after day, this good thing is coming. This good thing is coming. This good thing is coming. We love knowing the future, especially when it's good and good for us. But can I speculate a little bit this morning about your future? About some things that you can probably put up on your calendar, things that are coming. Let's say in two weeks from now, you're going to feel absolutely out of place because life outside the military is not the life that you used to know. Maybe a month from now, your loved one is going to die. And you're going to have to start the process of grieving over them and working through all that. A year from now, the job that you thought was absolutely certain and secure and never going to change, that's going to get swept out from underneath you. And now you're left wondering, how am I going to provide for my family? How are we going to have what we need to have? I mean, the market is going to go up and down. Maybe it's going to crash. People are going to be more divided than ever before. A hope for everything that we see around us, it might get worse than this. All of those things, circle them, put them on your calendar. But you guys don't have smiles on your faces. Hmm. But there's one other thing that I can definitely tell you. Because in two weeks when you feel out of place, you're going to come back to Jesus. And there you're going to find certain and solid ground in him and what he's done for you. 
when that loved one dies and you start to grieve, your grief will be with your Savior Jesus who died to take away sins, who died to give people a future forever with him in heaven. A year from now, when you lose your job and you've got no idea how you're going to provide, God is going to teach you and remind you again that he is the one that provides for you, that he's the one that's going to hold you up. In anything, in everything that's coming up on your calendar after this, you can know for sure, good or bad, Jesus is going to be right there with you in all of it because Jesus isn't dead. He's alive. And he's alive for you. He's alive with you in all of these things. This is what a certain and solid future looks like in Jesus. This is the new future that Jesus lives to give you. It's a new future, no matter what's coming, full of confidence in him and what he's done for you. It's a new future that's so good that you can live today without having to worry about what's coming up ahead. And spoiler alert, this is how it ends. Jesus is alive. Jesus has risen. And this story, oh, it's way more meaningful, way more life-changing, way more impactful knowing that because he lives, he's going to be with you forever now. Amen.